Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Howdy, friends, and welcome to Light Steps Live. And here we are still in our series on the wonderful little book of Jude. We're on uh, Jude episode number five, but we're in part four of the series inside the book of Jude called The Ways of a Destroyer. Today's episode will focus on verses eight through 13 in Jude, and we're calling it The Godless Exposed by Their Foolishness. Now, even before I read the passage, let me tell you why I chose the word foolishness. Um, And let me give you a bit of a personal testimony. My dad's mom hated the word fool and she hated for you to use the word fool. And it would sometimes cause her to be angry, but more times than not, it would just upset her. She thought calling someone a fool was the absolute worst word you could use in the world. Now, granted, she also didn't like coarse words, curse words, but fool for her just upset her. And, uh, you know, she would explain it. She would give you commentary. She would say, don't use that word. That's like saying someone ignores the living God and there's no worse thing that a person could be called than a fool. So with that personal testimony as a backdrop, when I say we're going to, we're going to call this episode, uh, the godless exposed by their foolishness, it is in that classic definition uh, as a as a fool says in their heart there's no god and sometimes people are f- lifetime fools they say in their heart there's no god now they might say in their mouth there's a god but with their affections and with their actions they in essence say there's no god but sometimes even godly people can be foolish uh, and what i mean by that is they may not have the ultimate stance that uh, there's no God, but sometimes we can behave and speak as if in the moment there's no God. We can momentarily co- disconnect ourselves from the living God. And uh, I think there are people who are fools and we know it by pattern of foolishness, not an episode of foolishness. So let me jump to the passage. It's Jude chapter one. There's only one chapter, as you well know. Uh, but verses eight through 13, let me read them all together. Verse eight, yet in like manner, these people also relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's arrow and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feast as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, 
wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. Wow. Every sentence, every clause, dependent or independent clause in those few verses is absolutely packed. Let me take the next nearly 15 minutes to uncover some of this. You notice he starts out in verse number eight saying in, in yet in like manner. Uh, he's going right back to those three examples we had in the last episode. Like it's, it's saying like Israel, like apostate Israel, like those apostate angels, like those apostate Gentiles characterized in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and those surrounding areas. Like those, these people who, who are following their dreams following their dreams that they claim to be revelatory dreams from God, that they can't claim to be prophetic words from God, like apostate Israel, like the apostate angels, like the apostate Gentiles as characterized in Sodom and Gomorrah. These people also, also defile the flesh, reject authority and blaspheme the glorious ones. In other words, like apostate Israel, like apostate angels, like the apostate Gentiles, these people defile the flesh. In other words, practice sensuality. They reject authority and they pursue self-rule and they are irreverent. They are self-centered, devoid of reverence, lacking in a transcendent worldview, lacking in a transcendent sense of accountability. That's what it basically means to be irreverent. And what he does here is, is he just names these things point blank in verse eight, defile the flesh is pretty clear. And what he does is he basically says all the, all the sin of the flesh, the things that stain the possibility of human purity, they defile the flesh. They're sensual. It agrees with the passage we unfolded last week. And, and then reject authority, uh, self-rule. They deny, as, as, as we had read in verse seven, they deny the master and Lord Jesus Christ. They deny his right to rule and they deny his right to be the boss. Um, and, and then they're just irreverent. And he, he uses an example of, of even the archangel Michael. Remember, the scriptures tell us for a while we're created lower than the angels. But even a being who's created higher than, uh, than us did not take uh, uh, self-rule uh, into his hand. He, he was reverent. He didn't try to rebuke Satan. Uh, uh, he didn't try to rebuke demonic forces. He said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, uh, even the angel who's made higher and higher than us doesn't make the foolish behavior to act higher than his station, nor should we act higher than our station. And so, you know, he compares these, these people to unreasoning animals. Wow. The, the word for unreasonness is alagos, which simply means without a word. In other words, they're operating without divine orders. That, I would, I could spend a whole episode on, on, on alagos. If, if Jesus think, just think about this simple analogy. If Jesus is the, the living word among us, as John chapter, uh, one tells us in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
And in verse 14, it says, and we beheld his, whose the words, we beheld the words glory. Wow. So they're operating a logos. And this is like lowercase logos. They're operating without a word from God. They're operating without di divine direction. They're a logos. They're operating without divine ultimacy. Their reasoning is purely rooted in the temporal. It is purely rooted in the self. It's purely rooted in the flesh. These, these ones are unreasoning animals. They're, they're brute animals. And you know what? You can be very educated. You can be very approved of in the world system and still be an unreasoning animal in, in heaven's economy. Think about that. In, in the follows of heaven, you can be a very accomplished human being and still be a, a brute animal going around in life operating without a word from God. That's, that's kind of a wild condemnation, but there it is. That, that's what he, that's what he says here. And so he, 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 he says, woe to them in verse 11. And, and, and my heart goes out to such people too. What, what if you're very accomplished on this earth, yet you're full of sensuality, you insist on self-rule and you're self-centered and irreverent in your behavior? Wow. Woe to them. I know I say wow a lot, but I'll tell y'all, Jude floors me. It, it's like, it's like I'm reading, it's like I'm reading the manual to understanding the evening news. It's like I've picked up one of those, you know, if you go to a, a line in any grocery store, you'll see those star magazines. You'll see these people magazines. Uh, you'll, you'll see, you know, gossip, gossip columns. Uh, it, it's like both the evening news and the gossip column is being explained. It's like saying, here's what's behind. Here's what's clearly behind what is clear to see. Yet we often don't see it. Sensuality, self-rule, self-centered irreverence. Hmm. Wow. Oh, here we go. I, I can't stop myself from saying, wow, I, I don't know why I'm apologizing for it. I, I've studied for this. I've read this passage. I'm, I'm sitting here staring at notes where I've, I've studied this. And, and even as I think about it, I keep finding myself going, wow. No wonder then that Jude says un, under the direction of the Holy Spirit. No wonder he says in verse 11, woe to them. Maybe the, the, the northern North Carolina, southern Virginia uh, equivalent to woe to them is that's terrible. Now, we don't say it like it's spelled terrible. It's terrible. We say terrible. That's terrible. It's terrible. The fate that faces these people who are exposed by their foolishness, foolishness, by their blatant, habitual disregard for the things of God. Don't forget, these people have crept in among you. Don't forget, Judas said, hey, I, 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 I'd rather write to y'all. I was actually eager to write to you guys. This is what he's, my paraphrase of verse three. I'd rather write to y'all about all the cool stuff that we hold in common because of the faith. But I've got to write to y'all about this urgent matter where people have crept in. 
And these people, uh, it's the worst sort of thing could have happened. They have snuck up on you and in, and in sleight of hand and in scheming and in cunning craftiness, they planted among you the sort of foolishness that subverts your walk with God, that crashes your life of faith, that gets in and wrecks whole communities of faith and whole cultures of faith. And he gives these examples, Israel, angels, Gentiles. And here he gives some more examples. He says, like Cain, who in Genesis 4 departed from the truth, like Balaam, who in Numbers 22 through 24 and a little bit in Numbers 31, uh, he, he served and sought pay. He was a prophet for profit, which made him a false prophet. <laughs> and like the sons of Korah, who when Korah was rejected, they sought power and glory they wanted to rebel against the people and fight their way into the priesthood. And then in verses 12 through 13, it gives five, you know, five examples from nature to illustrate what these godless false teachers are like. It says they're like hidden reefs. Let me go through these very quickly. In verses 12 and 13, they're like hidden reefs. You, you get the image here. It's hidden under the water. You can't see it. And it's like it's the, it's the promise of smooth sailing, but it provides a sinking ship. They tear up boats. That's what a hidden reef does. It tears up the hull of a boat. Well, you know what a hidden reef does in the fellowship of a love feast, right? Does in the fellowship of otherwise healthy, good intentioned, Christ honoring believers. It rips the hull out from under us where there should be smooth sailing. There's there's stormy sinking. <laughs> How about that? I just made that up. They're like waterless clouds. You see them coming in. You go, oh, look, it seems like there's the promise of water, but it it only provides woe. It, it's the promise of rain, but it only provides sadness. It's only it's only cloud cover. It's not actual fruitfulness of clouds. They're like autumn trees that don't have fruit. They promise fruit, but they provide failure. And it says, you know what you ought to do? You ought to understand if they, if they had the season, the whole season to grow fruit. So we're at the place where we should yield fruit and there is no fruit. It's double dead. There's no fruit on the, on the branch and there's no fruit from the root. It's double dead. It's dead at the branch and at the root. So what do you do? You pluck that up. When there's no fruit of godliness in believers' lives and where there is the fruits of godlessness, you know what you got, right? You got a dead root. That's what Jude is revealing to us. So hidden reefs, waterless clouds, autumn trees without fruit, wild sea waves. They promise the awesome display of nature's power, but they provide the abject, abject derision of the flesh's results. What do I mean by that? Just go back and look at the passage. He says, wild waves at sea in verse 13, casting up the foam of their own shame. It's like they're putting on a show, but all you see is the litter left behind on the beach. And they're like wandering stars, you know, like a shooting star. They promise shiny brilliance, but but only provide short bursting. Uh, that's the way the whole life of a successful false teacher is. They, they promise the brilliance of eternity, but only show us the short burst 
even of a long life. A long life is a short burst against eternity. Jude couldn't be more poignant, more powerful, and more pointed. Jude shows us here that these kind come in very slickly. They're subversive, tricky, scheming. And what happens is they come in with a lot of promise and very little provision. They come in with a lot of power, but it's only temporary in nature, temporal in nature. It's not godly. It's not eternal. They operate as people that don't have a word from God, but they give you the promise of, 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 you know, prophecy and things they learn from dreaming, but it's unbiblical. It's, they're phony visionaries. They're false dreamers who put out a product that doesn't actually have substance. It's all a sham. That's what all those, those nature illustrations give us in verse 12 and 13. There's, there's hidden danger and sham promises. And, and that's what Jude reveals to us is, and woe to them. Woe to them. They're going to have the fate of Cain, the fate of Balaam, the fate of Korah. They're like Cain in, in that they depart from truth. They're like Balaam in that they're seeking personal profit. They're like Korah in that they want power and they lead people in rebellion and they cause trouble. And don't forget, don't forget, all this comes because certain people have crept in unnoticed. Nominal Christianity does not guard the truth and so and in so doing opens us up for the sort of slimy characters that come in and subvert our faith. And instead of enjoying the things we hold in common, we have to contend for the truth. And there we see it, guys. We see it uh, from last week's podcast, this week's podcast, the core of all of this whether it's apostate Israel, apostate angels, apostate Gentiles, whether it's these, uh, even in Jude's day, they were modern. And in our day, they're modern. These modern ter- modern uh, people who, who say they got a special word from God, uh, what they do is simple. They practice se- sensuality, self-rule. They're self-centered, devoid of reverence. They have a lot of promise and very little provision. And what they do promise is often that that is only in the flesh, temporary, temporal, not eternal and weighty in heaven. Thank you guys for listening to today's Light Steps Live. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Light Steps Live is a listener-supported podcast. Would you be interested in sponsoring Light Steps Live? Go to our website, lightsteps.live, to contact us or make your donation. While you're visiting our website, check out the Light Steps blog for a short daily devotional. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.